Hello, friends and enemies. It's episode 227 of This Machine Kills. I'm Jathan, joined by Ed and producer Jeremy, as always. And in a, in a rare episode, uh, we, got, we got the inmates running the asylum over here. Uh, it's, it's a rare episode where I, I, I have not been involved in the planning of what we are talking about whatsoever. Uh, I'm, going, I'm coming in blind, just like you, dear listeners. Uh, I, I do not know what's about to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm just throwing it over to Ed, who said he's got some, uh, in his little bag of surprises, he's got some things to, to share and show and tell. <laughs> There's a bunch of reading uh, series that I think would be fun to do. Some short stories, some longer dives from uh, our, our friends and enemies. Um, and I'm going to you know, guide Jathan through them. And he's going in blind. He hasn't read any of these stories, I don't think. I've been watching his internet uh, uh, Twitter usage closely to see if he's interacted <laughs> with these stories. Um, so I'm going to start off by reading some of the headlines. And then you know, I think the first story should be the one that you know boils your blood a little bit the most and then we can go from there and we can dive into the others right so the first one comes to us from motherboard uh police contractor that promised to track homeless people was hacked we could talk about um, a little, a, a fun, <laughs> a fun little hack that was done by, uh, that was done by people on Odin Intelligence, which uh, for some reason collects uh, information. Odin on, uh, Intelligence, <laughs> yeah. Come on, man, you can't. All right, Look, I thought we were doing real stories. You can't come at me with like. Are, are we are we doing like an Iowa Widers workshop with your fiction yeah. right now? <laughs> we might, we might. Odin intelligence. <laughs> let me let me guess. The drones are called Hugin and Mugen, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every drone is just Hugin and Mugen. Um, they come in pairs. Um, on Twitter, that story of uh, OpenAI using uh, Kenyan uh, content moderators paying them $2 an hour and not providing them with mental health support for the work that they were doing when they were seeing horrible images caught a lot of traction. Um, came across another story also from Motherboard uh, learning that um, Citizen was doing something similar where it had uh, two, it, it has workers, you know, that it's paying $2 an hour to fill its its app with content and then just fired them without severance on top of that. Uh, and they're also in Kenya and Nepal. <laughs> so probably the a, same company. Like, that I'm, time, I'm almost certain that, it is. That Time article about that company, you know, because they, they were intimating that they had contracts with like not only OpenAI, but Meta, you know, Meta Facebook, and a bunch of other people too. So probably the same company. Now, Citizen, I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> Remind me, that that's the like the even more psycho version of uh, of the neighborhood. Um, yeah, app, that's right. It's the one that used to be called Vigilante, and the initial advertising yes. around it had a group of people standing around in a circle watching a crime happen, and then someone coming through to stop it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when motherfuckers <laughs> like, like, all right, we've heaped a lot of uh, uh, a lot of damn damnation on on Neil Stevenson, both being misinterpreted, but then also feeding like like willfully feeding into a lot of this mm-hmm. shit with the sci-fi he writes. This kind of shit is also what happens when like people don't understand. 
that Alan Moore is doing like satire. Uh, and, 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 you know, like they read Watchmen and they're like, Ooh, yeah. Rorschach's my favorite character. That's not <laughs> supposed to be your favorite character. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Are you telling on yourself if that's your favorite character? <laughs> and then we also have a few from our friends at A16Z. Um, uh, one is called Art Isn't Dead, It's Just Machine Generated, and it talks about why AI models are going to replace artists long before they replace programmers. That's an interesting uh, piece that we will have lots of quibbles with and arguments about over because, it's a pre- one, it's a bold proclamation to assume, but also now they're shifting arguments that might have been made otherwise about how AI models are going to replace programmers because they're going to be using uh, these sort of generative models to 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 create art that's bug. I mean, code that's bug free, right? Um, another one from um, A16Z is big ideas and tech for 2023 in A16Z Omnibus, and this is um, this is a real juicy one. This is where they basically go over all the ideas that they think are going to be massive in consumer tech, bio and health, fintech, games, American dynamism, enterprise, and of course, crypto. So that would be that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you've done well because I have not read any of these uh, yes. articles. I, I I've been working on other stuff, so my media diet this week has been pretty low. So this is uh, this is actually very good. You're a uh, you're you're like uh, intelligence gathering on my on my feed uh, was correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, there is also you know some more A16Z stuff that's interesting and, and could be a you know sidebar conversation. Or they have a conversation about what a super app is. They have a conversation about who owns generative AI platforms or who's going to own them and the tech stack and where value is going to be accumulated for commodification and speculation. Um, and where markets should pay attention to. Um, we also have a nice uh, a story about this. This is the only one I didn't double check to make sure you didn't read or not. But uh, basically, crypto banks uh, were borrowing uh, billions of dollars from home loan banks uh, when they were running into liquidity crises. Um, and it's also crypto banks that have uh, cut off. Uh, they're massive users, specifically Binance is the only one that's confirmed and not allowing them to, uh, to get access to money anymore. Mm, damn mortgage backed blockchains. That's, that sounds good. That, that yeah. doesn't sound like a problem at all. No. <laughs> yeah. How would that be a problem at all? I mean, this is fun. I I think I I that was that is the one piece I think I saw a errant tweet about, and I was like, mm-hmm. huh, filing that away for to look into later. <laughs> yeah. I haven't looked into it, so th- so it's new. But but it does seem like we did do an episode a while ago talking about the the really great piece that Noah Colwin wrote um, for Baffler mm-hmm. about the savings and loan crisis mm-hmm. and about its parallels with the, the crypto collapse. And this is like pre FTX collapse. Um, so it does, it does seem very appropriate that, uh, why, why just draw analogies between these two, uh, events? How about like, just, just mash them together. Just, just yeah. be like, yeah, no, like, oh, the, like the savings and loan crisis of the 80s seems a lot like the crypto crisis of today. Um, correct. They are, uh, they, they are marrying each other. They're having a baby right now. And that baby is uh, Damien, the Antichrist. 
And we're going to make it worse. <laughs> Mark my words. We're going to make it worse. So uh, which one would you want to start with? Which one do you want to get angry at first? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's just start at the top then. Um, I'm still stuck on Odin intelligence. <laughs> Why? Like, like we live in a time where any reference to Norse mythology or Nordic runes or anything like that, especially at a point, especially when it's like directly related to, uh, you know, uh, you know, what, what, like social hygiene, right? Like mm-hmm. tracking and eliminating homeless people, um, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Like, e- we live in a time where any, any just like errant reference or allusion to that is a loud fucking dog whistle for white supremacy, uh, and That's like, true. like fascism. So, you can't plead ignorance. You can't be like, no, I, I named it Odin Intelligence because I like the Thor movies. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you named it Odin Intelligence because you're trying to uh, de- uh, cleanse the world of the uh, subhuman races. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and 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 trying to drag everyone else that will uh, come along or be tricked into coming along on that uh, race war as well. I also have no sympathy for anyone who's like, I was tricked. I didn't know. I didn't know Odin intelligence was a white supremacist. Yes. Uh, techno yes. fascist group. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so this is the story. Um, so uh, Joseph Cox, uh, you know, at the motherboard writes, Hackers have stolen more than 15 uh, gigabytes of data from Odin Intelligence, a law enforcement contractor, which, among other things, recently had plans to track people experiencing homelessness with facial recognition. The cache includes a bevy of sensitive information, such as photos, reports, and other Odin customer and internal data. In one directory called Gallery are 5,900 files. These include images such as mugshots, people, homes, vehicles, and people's tattoos. Some of the files include identifying information such as the name of the person and the file name or identify or identity and social security cards. Other files include field interrogation reports and sex offender registration information. Odin runs sex offender notification and registration, a sonar, a system used by local and state police for tracking sex offenders. The dump also included some polygraph reports, including of convicted sex offenders. One file contains what appears to be user login information. This includes two FBI email addresses. The data also All right, contains... I'm actually for this now. <laughs> I think this is actually good. <laughs> and so... Reports generated by Odin's app Sweep Wizard. Of course, they have an app, Jesus. right? <laughs> and of course, his name's some shit like Sweep Wizard. Sweep Wizard uh, are also included in the data. Law enforcement can use Sweep Wizard to coordinate the execution of search warrants or raids. Some of these reports contain false names of organizing officers, such as, quote, Superman. And quote, Captain America. Uh, these people are, <laughs> it's not enough that these people are like bald, like just evil, like on the, like just bald faced evil. They're yeah. also like corny and cringy as fuck. Oh, I know. 
I know. I mean, uh, this is this is the same uh, the same shit as like like you know having a Punisher skull on your uh, yeah. on your Ford F one fifty, but like the Punisher skull has like a thin blue line uh, going over one of the eyes or something like that, right? Like oh, this is yeah. the, this is the same exact people who would then be going to their job and being like, "I'm Captain America in the Sweep Wizard app, which we use thanks to <laughs> Odin Intelligence." Like motherfucking. You know what you sound like? Yes. Yeah. A freak. <laughs> and their voices dropped like through, or their voices raised like three octaves. Thanks to all the uh, HGH they're doing. Like, like their balls <laughs> have gone up inside them. They've got, um, uh, they, they've got basketball head cause their, mm-hmm. their heads have just like grown to such a massive size <laughs> <laughs> and they're shaved, they're shaved basketball size heads looking like water towers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking like water towers. <laughs> you could smell these guys coming from a mile away cause they smell oh, yeah. like ba- covered with like ax body spray. Cause all they eat is like tuna and, and apples. So they smell like a walk and fart everywhere they go. <laughs> nah, these motherfuckers smell like Dracar Noir. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> and they do. They're like, and you call me Wolf. My name is Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but some of my friends call me Odin. My name is Ryan, but my friends call me Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it already. (laughs) Oh, that's too true. (laughs) These people, yeah. There's um, from here, right? So they have those fake names. It's not clear to Joseph whether or not they're fabrications or placeholders. And and that's partly also because, you know, even the CEO is listed as a commanding officer in some of the reports. Um, The information... um, the hacker data was obtained by uh, trans, uh, a transport, transparency organization named Distributed Denial of Secrets. I gave it to Motherboard. And it goes on to say, Odin offers law enforcement a variety of products. Last year, Motherboard reported on an Odin brochure for a product called the Homeless Management Information System, or HMIS. Quote, police use Odin facial recognition to identify even nonverbal or intoxicated individuals, the brochure read. And earlier this month, Wired reported on a vulnerability in Sweep Wizard. After they received a tip, they found that anyone visiting a specific URL was able to view data from the app. And Wired said it found personal information about suspects, which could tip people off that they were going to be raided. And so in response, Odin removed the app from the Google Play and Apple App Store. And in a statement to Wired, they said, Odin Intelligence Inc. takes security very seriously. We have and are thoroughly investigating these claims. Thus far, we have been unable to reproduce the alleged security compromise to any Odin system. In the event that any compromise, any evidence of a compromise of Odin or Sweep Wizard security has occurred, we will take appropriate action, said uh, Captain Jeffrey Bratcher, an LAPD official. Um Oh, sorry. Said um, said the uh, said the uh, Odinus uh, official Macaulay, um, and the LAPD officer said operational security is paramount to us. We don't want people to know when, uh, when, and if we are coming. 
Nice. And then on Sunday, TechCrunch reported that hackers defaced Odin's website and said that they also stole data from the company too. Separate hacks, so two hacks. And on it, they said, ACAP, all cyber cops are bastards. No nations, no borders. We are all illegal. The website's offline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the, Fuck yeah. the, the hack, I mean, it's great. It's great that they got attacked. Although I do wonder, like, you know, it, like it caught up in that hack is obviously a lot of uh, extremely personal uh, data of the homeless people and unhoused, you know, the unhoused people that Odin was tracking and keeping notes on and profile and building profiles about. So I do wonder what's going to happen with all that data uh, that that was hacked. Um, ho- hopefully, nothing. Uh, uh, terrible because it looks like the hackers are more targeting Odin intelligence as like you know um, a law enforcement contractor and and all of that. But like I, this shit is wild too because it's like if anything, uh, it, it really shows how fucking big the market is for these kinds of uh, third parties that are you know building apps like so, like why the fuck is their app? Uh, sweep wizard app on on the uh, apple store or google play store too that seems really bizarre um that they would put it up on the store uh but anyway like it, i think it shows how big the market is for these third parties that are building these technological systems uh both surveillance systems um used by police but then also these like you know, stuff like Sweep Wizard, that's more of like an organizational system um, for for the police. And it's like, one, I mean, I'm not surprised, but why uh, is all of this shit like outsourced or contracted out to third parties? Uh, you know, that seems like, that alone seems like terrible operational security if that's something that they care about, right? Like the more third parties you've got involved in these processes, the more data is being shared amongst people, the least you can, tr- the less you can control how that data is shared. Uh, you know, the more links you add to your, you know, chain of command or your chain of, uh, of custody and the more links, the less secure, uh, the whole chain is right. Like, you know, you're, it is this OPSEC 101 that like the more people you bring in to your system, the more, the least secure your system becomes. Uh, so it, it doesn't make any sense except for like, you know, just the, just the, the, the momentum of bloat here, the bureaucratic bloat, the, the fact that uh, all of these police departments are still way overfunded. They've never been defunded. Uh, if anything, defunding was turned around as a, uh, a perfect excuse to be like, Oh no, all the police departments have been defunded. Now we have to devote, now we have to devote more funds to them to, to, you know, make up for all the funds that they lost, but they didn't lose it. They never lost any funds. And so they just have, they just have more funds than ever, right? More money than ever sloshing around. And, and it, it, they show again and again and again that they like they don't have any kind of responsibility, let alone the the socially abhorrent things they want to do with all that money and all the systems they want to build and uh, people they want to hire and contractors they want to partner with and shit like that. They also just show that they are fucking incompetent uh, and irresponsible uh, in their even in their use of of all of these technologies and 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 all that money at their disposal. 
disposal. That's one of the things, right? These things are so dangerous, not just because they're like they're riddled with vulnerabilities and often with incompetent people, but even when these sort of vulnerabilities happen and these sort of hacks happen, what's the response? Do they roll it back? Do they say maybe we shouldn't build this thing? No, the infrastructure stays there and then we just build up on it. You know, like you're saying, it's just it's going to keep getting rolled out and built up. And so what's going to end up happening is they're going to come back to us with the same sort of facial recognition system that's targeting houseless people and saying, well, um, don't worry. It's actually, it's really good that we're doing this system now because we're going to protect you. Uh, we're going to keep track of you. Uh, this is for your safety. This is for the public safety. And it'll be secure because we'll encrypt the data this time. Or we'll ensure, we'll figure out one way or another to actually protect the data this time so that if it does get leaked, you don't have to worry about it. Um, there's not going to be any sort of like, there's anytime there are any of these hacks or vulnerabilities, there's never, or there's rarely, I shouldn't say never, there's rarely any reflection other than like people who are already critical of the thing that says, oh, well, you know, maybe this is a chance for us to, you know, as we freeze it and do the necessary security patch to think, oh, well, should we do this? Should we have a facial recognition system? Should we, should we put the eye of Sauron in every... Uh, encampment does that seem like a good idea what are we doing that for what is the purpose of doing that are there other ways to achieve whatever we're doing without doing that is the thing that we're trying to achieve something that we should be trying to achieve you know none of these questions uh, occur to a lot of the people who build these systems they just build the system to build the system no yeah exactly because it's just it's table stakes that these systems would exist and would expand right like mm-hmm. that's just that's an axiom right like that's a mm-hmm. that's an assumption that they have to take to move forward and what they do is it they it's all about uh passing the book right like odin intelligence the lapd like none of them are going to take responsibility uh for their insecure system instead what they're going to be doing is like we're under attack by cyber terror terrorist right it's like you know they're just going to use it as a rhetoric to be like you know we need the the problem is is that we're under attack and the only way that we can defend ourselves against these attacks by uh you know anti-police uh anarchist or whatever is uh by making the system bigger uh that that's the only pathway forward that is making make the system bigger uh never never about like rolling it back let alone uh uh you know, canceling these contracts or abolishing anything. Never, 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 never. We just, there's only one way out and it's, and it's through. That's right. Uh, it's, it's th- through continuing to build, uh, Odin intelligence through be, the continuing to build the, uh, the, 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 the Wolfenstein, uh, <laughs> like big cyber, uh, Nazi Mecca, right? Like that's the only way through. It's horrible. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's uh, that's 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 number one. That's number one on the on the list. How do you feel about that one? Do you do you uh, do you think? Oh, then I hate it. Is- <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long though? How long until like like the LAPD contracts with uh, you know all father Mecca incorporated <laughs> to create the, like the big 50 foot tall Hitler, uh, put down the Jason, I think they already, <laughs> they, they already did that. I think their plan is to, to mechanize the, uh, the dinosaurs at the labrae tar pits and have them just like supervise like skid row. We need 
We need more cops in power armor on the streets, keeping yeah. everybody safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay, bro. Quit saying that shit. You're, you're like <laughs> the monkey's paw, man. Put the lathe down. We don't need that happening. Yeah. I already saw videos cops in right gear getting their asses kicked by a guy with just his bare hands in France. I don't <laughs> that was sick. That was, that was, that was, that was, was good. Sick. But he's also, they also put him in jail for a year. So, yeah. <laughs> Which, listen, I, I, that's better than what would have happened in the United States. In the United States, they would have killed him. There, a jail, jail for a year. He shouldn't be in jail at all. But I, I, not that I don't want to say I that get man's it. a national uh, hero. He should be a national that, hero. Kind of wild, kind of wild to pull up on the cops and just swing. I can't get over it. Yeah, for people who aren't <laughs> listening, there's a, a a fucking amazing video of like protest and and riots uh, happening in france like you know i mean the french know how to do it it's in their dna right i'm Uh, very excited to to see i'm gonna try to i mean i'll never forget that video uh from france of firemen pulling up and and fighting cops oh Uh, yeah (laughs) or did you see the one where they sprayed shit on the palace no what no no but did you guys see did you see the video of the cops actually putting they were wearing their their flame retardant like workwear and they were lighting their arms on fire and throwing haymakers at cops <laughs> shit is wild oh my god shit is so wild <laughs> that's a shit i didn't expect in the fucking um uh extended version of snowpiercer you know when you, yeah. when, <laughs> the fucking scene where they get they're about to cross the bridge and then they get really violent there we go that's shout out to uh, but I'll the original salute, video the we firemen were- there yeah, for sure. For the original video, for for listeners, we're talking about is, you know there's protests against the uh, police in France right now, and, and there's a video of you know cops in full riot gear with riot shields and everything, you know, pushing back crowds. Uh, and there's just this one dude just in full like streetwear, just pulling up on a a, a cop in riot in, with a riot shield and just fucking swinging at that riot shield. And he's got good form too. He's got his hands up. Uh, you know, protecting mm-hmm. his head, and he's mm-hmm. just throwing like overhead haymakers going over the riot shield, you fucking can- <laughs> hitting this cop in the helmet. <laughs> For older for older listeners, if you remember a Sega Genesis game by the name of Streets of Rage, is basically what this guy was doing. He <laughs> yeah. was just like, "You can't trust the cops; you can only trust your fists." And he was just fucking <laughs> these cops up. And, and yeah, you know, that's the two few. There, there are two pathways ahead of us, or that we, you know, we sit at the intersection, a fork in the road of two pathways. One path leads to, uh, you know, shit that's like happening in Atlanta, you know, setting cop cars on fire, uh, shit that's happening in France, right, throwing haymakers over the riot shield, uh, you know. In other words, just full on conflict, uh, you know, against a. Uh, 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 an authoritarian police system. And on the other side is uh, police in power armor with mini guns uh, and a 50 foot tall uh, Odin uh, Nazi Mecca uh, keeping order in the streets. That's the, the which way, Western man? Which way? <laughs> which way? <laughs>
On to uh, Citizen, <laughs> speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Citizen is the next one, right? So Citizen, uh, this one severed its relationship with an outsourcing form um, and laid off the outsourced workers. And it used these workers to find people who were paid less than $2 an hour from countries like Kenya and Nepal to uh, listen to police radio audio, summarize those events for Citizen users and fill the app with content, right? Uh, this is a key part of, of course, citizens app and all these other apps, right? Citizen probably presents it. I don't, I don't have the app, uh, but my sense of it is that it presents the information that's on there as a sort of, I mean, it's digital. doesn't really say someone is transcribing it. doesn't really say someone is adding it. You can add events uh, in your locale, I think, right? Or at least talk about them and interact with them. But the, by virtue of having it digital and, and, and having people associate or have connotations with algorithmic additions, some people are probably going to think that it's automated. When the reality is, like most of these systems, that maybe they get away without, with not saying that they're automated, but relying on association of digital and algorithmic and feeds uh, and spontaneous appearances with automated um, use, you know, uh, uh, paltry wages as a way to outsource labor that would otherwise be expensive and make the, an already, you know, um, hard to rationalize app be even more fe- financially un- unfeasible. Now, Citizen already itself uh, was in the news because it laid off dozens of employees. Why did it lay off dozens of employees because it couldn't figure out how to monetize its user base. Why couldn't it figure out how to monetize its user base? Because uh, how, how do you monetize um, uh, a panopticon? I mean, not a, it, or how do you monetize a panopticon where there's, there's really no outlet or avenue other than like, hey guys, do you want to watch uh, how scary the city is? Isn't it scary? Just think about how scary it is. Come back and see how scary it is. There, That's it. You, you would think that maybe they could do advertisements, partnerships with other fear-mongering, but, uh, fear-mongering firms or products, but nothing else really worked. Uh, but, of course, they spun it as, well, it's the uncertain economic environment. Yeah, the fact that you guys can't make money. That's really what it is. Yeah. All right. If you are uh, a right-wing uh, marketing consultant, think tanker, policy wonk, anything like that, you have to stop listening right now because I'm about to say some <laughs> shit that you ain't allowed to hear. You have to stop listening. Yeah, this is not for you. Pause the episode. Fast forward. Like That means you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pause the episode. Fast forward like, like five, ten minutes. Join us later. All right. What they need to do is, uh, so this is the, this is a core problem of uh, uh, what they need to do is beep, 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 beep. <laughs> no, I think this is an interesting contradiction uh, between different segments of capital. Right. Because you are right. Like, like citizen is unable to monetize their product because they don't understand their own product. They don't understand what their product is good at doing. Right. The, 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 you know, they, they are a uh, uh, simple minded capitalist, just motivated by the, the profit motive and the infinite commodification of everything in the quest of the uh, perpetual accumulation of capital. Right. And so in their mind, they're like, 
how do I create this app? Or, or rather, I've created this app uh, and I've got a user base. How do I monetize this user base? Oh, I can't do it. The app has to fold. Wrong. Foolish. What you've done is you've created a perfect uh, app uh, among a, uh, a highly active and engaged user base who are perfect not for monetization, but mobilization. Like, like, citizen doesn't need to be looking for how to monetize their user base. If they were, if they were smart, they'd be partnering with, like, you know, any of these, any number of these uh, uh, extreme right-wing political groups. Um, you know, they'd be getting uh, sponsorship deals with Tucker Carlson. They'd be. Getting, you know, getting money from the Mercers and the Cokes, right? Like they'd be, uh, uh, you know, all the, all of this shit and, and, you know, doing the right wing grift of not making money. You think any of these people make money? No, they have extremely wealthy benefactors, billionaires who pump money into their shit because they realize that there's another key, uh, outcome that they produce, which is not more money, but, a different set of political and social and economic conditions that depends on mobilizing a mass base of uh, uh, of reactionaries, of the petty bourgeoisie middle class, of the uh, uh, you know reactionary lower classes, right? Like you know. Uh, uh, fear mongering, all of that shit, right? Like, Citizen has created, right? What Odin Intelligence is doing for like the professional uh, law enforcement uh, apparatus, Citizen is doing for the amateur uh, law enforcement apparatus, right? Like, creating this uh, uh, a whole like uh, society of atomized, uh, individualized uh roar shocks right but yeah like who are ready to at any time um act as like you know the 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 grassroots like shock troops uh on the ground that any fascist uh organization or 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 political movement has to depend upon a mass mobilization right like fascism uh in political theory is often called uh you know total war it's the it's it's the it's the the mobilization of all of society, all people, uh, resources, means of production, resource, like all of that shit towards the goal of a mass mobilization of society for war, war against another, right? And that, like, that's exactly what Citizen is doing. They are just too fucking foolish uh, and too like like profit minded uh, to realize what the the actual power of their app is. I mean, thank God for us, right? Like they've already you know created a lot of truly awful shit in the world without even realizing the extent to which they could achieve uh, much more if they went about things in a way that was uh, a bit more. Uh, high-minded or complex-minded than uh, simple like monetization, copycatting every other app. But Jason, you know, acting uh, acting in a hive mind and everybody agreeing on something is way too socialist for people like that. <laughs> and also, I'm really looking forward to taking out some fascists in the Citizen War of 2024, brought to you by Blackwater. 
<laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I I, I certainly hope no uh, right wingers uh, heard what I just said and were like, "Damn, I'm taking notes." They're over there in their notebook, being like, mm, "Okay, okay, okay." They understand us better than we understand ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it is it is concerning, right? Because it's like, what do you do about these these sorts of systems where it's like even. You, you can walk through it and give a logic about how it should operate, but like we just laid out with these sort of contradictions, we see a lot of the times that these firms and these, these startups, they don't operate that way. And, and by virtue of not operating that way, they end up clearing the ground for some other place that probably will, at another point, right? There probably will yeah. be some iterative version of citizen or vigilante or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves that does actually follow some sort of logic that will yield it um, returns because it does partnerships, right? And not the sort of paltry ones that this company tried to do, right? Where they had like um, a fucking uh, citizen protect, right? Where you, for like $20 a month, you could have some citizen, <laughs> some citizen agent uh, follow you around in real time. And call 911 on your behalf, as well as on-demand security services, right? I mean, like, this sort of shit is just not going to cut it if you're a company that's losing millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, no matter how much fear-mongering you do. Um, and I am worried also about, you know, I'm always worried about the, the next steps, because it's like, it's not enough. I think it's very easy to celebrate when these companies collapse and die, Um but we have to also create legal barriers so that they don't come up again, right? It's not enough to to pressure a company to not do a contract. It's not enough to to have market conditions uh, look, uh, you know, you know, dim the lights and shutter the offices at Citizen, right? You also have to figure out how to make sure this shit never happens again and roll back the progress that they made on all those fronts, which is also like the really hard thing because the progress they made is also not just like legal victories or political victories, but it's also normalization. It's getting it into heads, these insane ideas like you're talking about, about the atom, like taking advantage of the atomization and developing new ideas about how neighborhoods should be surveilled, right? About how people should have access on, to on demand uh, security services or on demand uh, crime reporting, right? Um, normalizing uh, and contributing to the normalization of our myth, mythical and, and hysterical urban crime wave narratives, right? Um, all of this stuff individually is a problem, but is part of the much larger systemic uh, rot, which is um, going to in almost all but ensure that even if this dies, even if it blows up in the most spectacular way, some motherfucker who liked this app is going to make another version. Some venture capitalist who is in this app is going to make another version. Someone who wants to make money and someone who has a vision of about how society should be organized or thinks that other people will bite and eat some vision of how society should be organized is going to try to get into there because that model is still at, and what they're going to delude themselves about whether or not it's viable and they're going to pursue it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Peter Till's an investor in Citizen, right? Like, yeah. like you know, the, like these people are people like Peter Till are investing in this stuff in hopes that you know. I mean, it's the classic VC mindset, right? I mean, this is the where this is what you know. This is Peter Till's whole thing. You know, zero to one is that you need to you know every investment you need. 
uh, you make needs to have the potential to return your whole investment fund like 10x, right? Like, you know, and, and what he's doing here is uh, investing though, like Peter Till recognizes that monetization is important. You got to build money and accumulate capital, but he also recognizes that he has a political vision uh, and mobilizing people towards actualizing that political vision towards uh, what well, he was very recently talking about some like real fucking great kooky evangelical shit about the antichrist and, and rapture, right? Like his political vision is a manetizing the eschaton, right? Yeah. And he realizes that like, time. You know, he's investing in a manetizing the eschaton every time he throws money to a group like Susan. He hopes that, like, they are the one that creates the two-headed goat or whatever that, like, uh, you know, har- is a harbinger of, uh, of, of, uh, of the rapture, you know, that kind of shit. You know, there's a... <laughs> I know there isn't there a fucking, like, one of these... Uh, evangelical mega pastors uh, who's devoting, who has been for a long time devoting a ton of money towards um, genetically engineering like a red calf or something like that because it's like in scripture like the the a red calf is meant to be a, a sign of the rapture uh, is just is, is coming and so he's like like these people are actively trying to like and manetize the eschaton by creating the, the the biblical signs and harbingers of the rapture. And Peter Till ain't no different. We'll get him. <laughs> we'll, we'll get him. <laughs> um, he, he really isn't. I and you know I don't want to. I don't even. I don't want to think about what sort of eschaton uh, apartheid billionaire thinks is going to happen. Um, but uh, it, the citizen will definitely play a key role in it. You know, it's not a coincidence. Again, Ian, listen, if I, if I was on the wrong side of apartheid, I would also uh, probably back something like uh, citizen. And I think it's also important, and, and maybe we can talk a little bit about this, you know, as the report says, the, the, the contracting system in its initial, its, an, its, its genesis is a little interesting, right? There's um, David Choi, who's an operations manager at Citizen. He sends an email out to the cloud factory workers and cloud factories uh, who they're contracting with. Um, and, he, and he writes that in the summer 2020, his manager pitched him a, quote, seemingly impossible project. Here's the project. Quote, Could we find a way to train talented individuals in Kenya, Ghana, Nepal, and the Philippines to learn local American geography, accents, and police codes to deliver important safety information to citizen users? Three years and hundreds of trained radio desk analysts later, everyone at Citizen and Cloud Factory know the answer is a resounding yes, right? This is the core. This is a core part of how the company works. So it's really interesting that you know, or I'd be one. I'd be interested to see, you know, what this sort of does to the to the generation of news alerts for the system, right, and, and engagement of users, right? Because Citizen is both like this news alert system and a little bit of a social network, and so these so these news alerts are. You know, they create push notifications that summarize the events that are close to users. And this can go from missing animals to shots being fired, as Joseph writes. And then citizen users can also upload their own videos and comment on each, uh, on others, right? And so this news alert system serves as the backbone for uh, the social network where you can have discussions about crime and safety that almost, you know, relatively easily veer into racist territory, right? Um, so what happens mm-hmm. when one of the key feeders into that 
and the backbones for that social network start to wither away and die. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. It's they're racist enough where they'll probably they'll probably keep it chucking along, you know, and generating their own um, data. And I'd be actually interested to see if because it's now going to rely on the generation of their own alerts, those alerts are going to start resembling some of the more uh, racist, rabid, paranoid, and hysterical parts of the user base. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, this is what these systems do, right? Is they like they pick out one part and then like emphasize and exaggerate that feature to its uh, to mm. its greatest degree. We should also uh, not let it slide that the the company being used, uh, the the company that they're contracting with all these you know two dollar an hour workers in Kenya, Ghana, Nepal, the Philippines, and you know these locations. The, the company is called Cloud Factory, right? Like we should mm-hmm. not let that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that name, like these, they know what they're doing, right? This is, oh no, it's a, this is a factory in the clouds, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's just the future. We're just, you know, it's a, it's a factory in the sky. It's the future. It's digital. It's data. It's not, it's definitely not slave labor. It's actually twice the median income of what they would get in these countries. And it's a <laughs> just about to say that. Didn't, didn't someone interact with you on Twitter recently? I, it was like, not, well, you know, <laughs> it was someone else's tweet. It was a tweet that had gone viral. It was some techno optimist. And he was like, well, you know, like in Kenya, the median income is $1 an hour. So this is twice that. I just don't understand. Like this job has to be done. You don't want you don't want Kenyans to be doing it. And it's like, yeah, I don't actually, you know what? I don't, I don't want Kenyans to be doing slave labor that, um, that makes them have mental health crises that they don't get support for. You know, I actually think that's bad. I think that nobody should do that job. (laughs) You know, it doesn't fucking matter how much the median income is in your country. We should have a basic standard of dignified working conditions in this labor. And if you can't satisfy that, then you shouldn't have the job. Right. And like, that's it. That we shouldn't, the, the argument, it should not, we shouldn't be having this weird debate where these companies to lie about the capabilities of a product. Because again, we have to it, always remember the reason why these places are outsourcing labor for $2 an hour is because they are lying about having automated systems. And they don't want to actually do, if they were being honest about the fact that they don't have automated systems, they don't want to pay what the actual labor costs to do that. And so they're going to markets which are even less regulated and which have even worse working conditions than the ones that they would surely have. I mean, even when they do them in the West, they still have horrible working conditions. But they go to places where they can get away with far more for far less. Right? That's the whole, that's the whole premise here. These people are lying about what their things can do, and so they're going elsewhere to hide it, hoping that no one figures out out that they're forcing people to be content moderators and not providing them with mental health support. Yeah, I, ju- I just love the tagline for Cloud Factory, right? Human in the loop solutions that accelerate the AI life cycle. Yeah, they're in a loop, all right. You know, <laughs> say what you mean. Look, <laughs> Maybe it's look a me chain. in the eyes. Look, why, <laughs> you know? Say what you mean. <laughs> yeah. God, what the fuck are these people talking I, about? But also, like, yo, know, this whole thing about like, oh, well, this is you know, this is uh, actually like a like above median wage for for Kenya you know, be getting $2 an hour to do this, this kind of work. Like that's good. Like, you know, that shit is so common still. It's, it's really wild. Cause I tweeted out the times, uh, story about, you know, open AI using this. I mean, one, 
the the details there are, are actually even more interesting than like what it seemed like on the surface. Whereas like OpenAI yes. was you know contracting out with uh, uh, you know this this company in Kenya. In reality, what they were doing is. Uh, OpenAI needed to purge the data sets used to train GPT-3 of, you know, violent, racist, sexist, homophobic, you know, just otherwise toxic uh, content. So they decided the way to do that was to build a different AI uh, safety mechanism that would purge the data sets used to train GPT-3. And then they contact, they contracted with the company in Kenya to train the AI that was then going to uh, uh, be the safety guardrail for another AI. So it's like multiple layers in between <sighs> where it's like, like they're yeah. just... They're, they're literally adding layers of AI to make the human labor for like deep, bury it deeper and deeper into the system where like, no, no, no. Uh, GPT-3 is actually um, powered by a, 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 an AI safety mechanism. Which and is how that's powered. Uh, uh, which by is, an, another AI. Uh, 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 <laughs> And, human and in the loop solutions. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Throwing darts at Y'all the like human in the loops, right? you. <laughs> Y'all like human in the loop, right? <laughs> in the loop, you know. Um, reminds me, it, it could be, it could be that fucking bit where um, a Tim and Eric bit where they're where they're making fun of space documentaries, and and he's like, you know, if you put the universe in a tube, um, then the tube would be. Uh, the the universe and th- and then you put it in a bag and uh you you, you wouldn't want to put it in a bag you know <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's that's what every time i hear these people talk about okay so why do you keep saying it's ai when they're humans and it's like well i mean like we have ai and it's not there yet and you wouldn't want it to not be there yet so you have to put humans in the loop uh, and then you take them out when it's there, and that's mm-hmm. and that's how we got it, <laughs> man. But uh, to that, to that, like I tweeted out that time story, and I also had mm. like uh, like some people in my mentions being like, like this is above median wage. Uh, this is not exploitation. Eat my ass. Right? <laughs> Eat my so, fucking ass. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not even worth engaging because it is like so ignorant, <laughs> but also like in the same breath, like the dude who was doing multiple tweets in my, res- in my replies being like, uh, like, op- isn't open AI a nonprofit? I don't see how this oh is exploitation. And then in the same tweet, literally said, I'm not up to speed after like saying a bunch of bullshit and then being like, then why'd you say anything? Why'd you talk? Why didn't you Google it? Because they don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a you game know, for them. They don't actually care. Oh, an open mouth gathers no foot. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Open mouth ain't gonna get these hands. A closed mouth. Closed <laughs> yeah. mouth gathers no, I, no I, yeah. Excuse me. I it's not you... open mouth, but closed mouth. As a fellow, <laughs> I speak in malaparism, malaphorisms. I, ma- whatever the fuck. I, sp- I say right, the idiom's wrong. So you I got just, it. You <laughs> literally just did it while trying to say. <laughs> look, look, Ed, the, the, the medical diagnosis is 
that we have language finding difficulties. Okay. Yeah, it's the we're, acid. It doesn't make us. It doesn't. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, the prolonged <laughs> drug use probably isn't helping. <laughs> I would just like you know. I know. I'm. I. Uh, if you. If I looked at a chart of my language find the things that hang me up before and after. Uh, you know, having little journeys. I'm sure. Yeah. There's a period. There's, a, there's an uptick. There's a correlation. I'm sure. <laughs> oh man! But if anything, like the absolute preponderance of these people who are so ready to be like, mm, I don't think this is exploitation because actually this company is paying above the median wage. You know, for uh, for for this country, the preponderance of people who actually say that whether they say it cynically because they like they just act like actually don't care uh or they say it ignorantly like either way like i i think it's a good reminder i mean I, uh, the, another another example of this is you know google is the latest in the massive fist fucking layoffs right like twelve thousand people um laid off uh just just with no warning, right? Another another one of these cases, like what happened with Twitter, where people were like going to the office and swiping their card and being like, "Actually, you don't work here anymore. Uh, you know, your access is denied to the building." Like that's just wild. But like, I saw a tweet that <laughs> rightfully pointed out that you know, I'll just read the tweet by a cubicle April. Uh, pretty incredible that Google is trying to get away with blaming macroeconomic conditions for their layoffs when over the last year they've spent $57.36 billion on stock buybacks. That's enough to support the 12,000 laid off engineers at their median engineer compensation for 23 years, right? So it's like, it's, it's wild. Like, you know, all these all these companies are doing layoffs, but at the same time, they've been spending billions, tens of billions of dollars on financial engineering, right? Through stock buybacks and stuff like that, right? And that, I mean, it's a good point. And also just a uh, 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 an objectively true point being like, Google is doing this, but they've also been doing this, right? Uh, and the replies to that tweet, because it went a little viral, uh, are, are, are amazingly full of people bootlicking for Google, for big tech, for capital in general. Uh, and, and it's a great reminder that no matter how much it feels like, you know, public opinion has started shifting against these groups, um, that there is still a long way to go. And there's still a lot of people running interference for the uh, whatever action um, these, uh, these, 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 uh, people or companies or systems want to do. Um, and it's like the, the story about the, you know, open AI and these other companies using, you know, cheap Kenyan labor, you know, shit that's also not new, not, you know, the shit's, it's, it's, it's old. Uh, that's been happening for a very long time. It's industry standard, whether it's those stories, whether it's the stories about the layoffs, like it, the, the, the way in which like, yeah, they generate a lot of, outrage uh, and a lot of you know pushback and, and and every little bit fuels more of a shift leftward a shift away from and against uh you know the, these uh, uh these companies capitalism whatever but it also uh i think it is very easy for us uh you know it you know 
speaking broadly of like people on the left uh, uh, and and in our Twitter circles and stuff to be like, damn, everybody's starting to think like us. That ain't Mm -hmm. the fact at all. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are still willfully uh, uh, ignorant uh, or unsupportive uh, of, of any of this. We live in a beautiful world, don't we? I mean, I don't even know. What to say. Uh, I, I think wi- um, I wish. I mean, I don't wish because it would be a. I, I, I'd be. I would. Uh, it'd be a one way ticket to hell. But it would be interesting <laughs> to uh, to to live in the brain of somebody who not only thought these things like mm, actually that's not exploitation. You know, two dollars an hour <laughs> sounds like a good wage for these people, or who thought like you know. You, you, who are you to tell Google the best way for them to run their business? You know, or like these workers don't have any right to their job. You know, if they're if they're not assets that are producing more value than they're worth, then Google is right to you know eliminate them from their from the balance sheet. Like I just like what must it be like to live in their in their brain for a day? Because it's also a lot of this shit is not said by people who have like, like an active material interest in these groups, yeah. which is, you know, like that's understandable. If you are like, you know, a, a CEO of the capital class where you, your relation to capital is one of ownership of capital, then hell yeah, say that shit, man. Cause like, that's what your life, your livelihood depends on. Your livelihood depends on owning capital, right? So like defend that. But to be in a position where your livelihood depends on uh, earning a wage from uh, uh, from the the beneficence of capital granting it upon you, right? Uh, like I don't. It's so weird to be like like. It's not like this is my boss and I love my boss, right? Because then you're then you can understand that, right? Where it's like, okay, you're just trying to secure your your job or whatever by sucking up. Although we know that doesn't work either. But like, I don't know, man. Like like to have the mindset to be like actually I think this is good and and also it does not uh, uh, benefit me materially whatsoever to say and believe that I think this is good in fact it uh, it, it actively uh, harms me uh, in the short term and long run to, to to run interference for for these uh, these systems like what like this is a beautiful mind it's a beautiful mind. It's eternal sunshine on a spotless mind is what's happening here, right? (laughs) So I think, you know, now that we we've gone through some of the shorter ones we have a few options you know we could cluster the a16z ones in the second part of this um because the a16 uh, z ones are both interesting ones in that you know almost everything we've ever read from this venture capital fund is shit but it's also interesting shit because they have billions of dollars and they will invest (laughs) it in their own farts that they're huffing so we could read we could read a few of these because uh you know i think it's worth paying attention to like what this like what they're interested in especially if there is a looming um recession you know what sort of technical products startups are going to get their money 
in, in whatever winners that follow. And also so that we can remember the words they say when they inevitably change tunes because the Web3, generative AI, uh, VR all turn out to be bullshit. Right. And, and, yeah, and then we can read this. Absolutely. So like, um, like you got, you, you got to pay attention then because if it like literally a 16 Z is the reason why we had web, like web three for the last two years. Right. Like the, you know, the amount of money they threw into that. When also it's like, if you're listening to this, I, I really, I mean this genuinely. If there is like a single real web three thing, can you send it to me? Because I've, I don't know anything. I know of a lot of things of people talking about things and trying to say they're developing things. I don't think I've seen a single actual web three thing that is not crypto. Um, and when I say not crypto, I mean like not a narrow use case for financial or speculative uh, or inf- or inflationary uh, tech, right? So if you have a re- if you know a real thing, please send it to me, and I'll give it an honest. Yeah, look. yeah. I, I, I do wonder what exist. Chris Dixon is doing right now as like his empire crumbles around him. Oh damn! Uh, yeah, rolling around right. in the other pile of money that he has. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we should definitely s- save the uh, A16Z uh, articles uh, and omnibus for the premium feed. I, th- I think that's a that's a that's a premium episode content right there. You know, part of me kind of wishes these these folks would just cash their their like liquidize their assets and turn it into fiat and just put it in a vault like a vault like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> so they can go swim in it. Just take a yeah. nose dive right into all that fiat and see what it does. I respect smog from the Hobbit <laughs> more than I do any of these people, you know, because at least you if you press him and you ask him why does he hoard it, he's because it's mine. And you like it. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's that's the real reason. Don't tell me all this bullshit about Web three and about how you're helping uh, liberate artists and you're you're disrupting art markets and you're you're helping reduce the workload for and 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 increasing productivity flow for generating new you know blah 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 blah. You're you're self dealing and you're creating a secondary market for you to exit relatively quickly and you're creating a bunch of bullshit. Uh, uh, ventures and enterprises that one of them people get excited about because you have 99 others ones that are also developing and that you're investing resources and building propaganda about and you know you have a network of people who are also interested in after exiting your fund making their own and doing the same thing and so they're going to replicate it like it's not there's nothing there there's nothing there it's just a lot of people who are you know kind of more or less understand the game it, it does sound really exhausting like unnecessarily exhausting I think on some level it would be fun to uh, write lore that people invest billions of dollars into with your friends I, but it does sound very exhausting yeah. to do it for something that's so obviously fake. well do we have any any uh, a short thing we want to end on um CNET um, and Bankrate have been using artificial intelligence to um, uh, modify or to write headli- or to write stories and modify headlines, and um, got called out for it, and then faced like a really negative barrage of of uh, text. Uh, or not tax coverage from uh, people because they didn't disclose this. 
and they've been doing it secretly for a long time. They rewrite intros every few weeks for because uh, they want to stay on top of SEO, their SEO game. Um, but then it's getting so bad that editors have to go back and look at it and actually make it, you know, update it and look, uh, make sure it looks readable. So, you know, after all of these news updates came out and, and people are like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Um, the executive vice president of CNET's um, content and audience uh, had a meeting that was reported on by The Verge and they said, I just want to reassure everybody, this will pass. It's uncomfortable. We will get through it. The news cycle will move on. Um, as uh, Futurism points out, this is interesting because Turrentine uh, is someone who back in 2013 um, uh, you know, was uh, fighting for journalism ethics, right? Because uh, back in 2013, uh, what happened was that uh, they were getting orders from, um, what do you call it, from... Uh, from their bosses to try to change stories. Um, so I'll, I'll go through the, I'll go through the story here. Right. Um, because this is, it is an interesting situation, right? Here's the official statement. The dish hopper, uh, which Sling was removed from consideration due to active litigation cons- involving our parent company, CBS core. We will no longer be reviewing products manufactured by companies with which we are in litigation with respect to such products. Right. And so they pulled, you know, reviews, uh, they pulled reviews and uh, they were concerned about the po- uh, company introducing the possibility of bias. Right. Um, and so instead of, uh, pulling, you know, just like doing what the company would want, they pulled from doing it, uh, and they tried to preserve uh, their ethical, you know, framework for reviews, right? By just saying we're not even going to risk it if we're in litigation with them, um, even though we might be involved with them, even though we might be, you know, suing them or getting sued by them or investing, so on and so forth. At the time, she wrote something and she said, "Quote: I could have write, I could have quit right then. Maybe I should have." I decided that the best thing for my team was to get through the day as best as we could and to fight the fight from the other side. Um, and so what's going to happen now? Well, they're just going to do an audit of the AI's work and figure out new ways for editors to make sure that the bot doesn't keep fucking up so much. And then they're going to wait for the negative press to pass. Um, and then they're going to avoid a na- another PR disaster by coming back with more human supervision of su- a supposedly automated process. Yeah, and this is happening in the midst of also, on top of the tech layoffs, a massive wave of layoffs in media, right? Like, uh, and, and, you know, a fraction of these people are going to be brought back in under new positions and new titles where they are uh, uh, overseeing the the AI writers, you know? Um, You know, cleaning up the, the copy, making, ensuring it makes sense, tweaking it, right? Like, you know, but ultimately being the uh, uh, the the custodial crew for uh, for the large language models who are actually going to be writing the news. Great shit. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. Know, this is also happening as well, and <laughs> uh, and. In the midst of, of two separate uh, articles I've seen from the Financial Times, um, where apparently a uh, a large language model in the style like similar to GPT three or Chat GPT called Claude uh, passed a 
uh, a, a law and economics exam at George Mason, George Mason University, um, which is very funny. And I, and, and at the same time, chat GPT passed a, uh, MBA exam at the Wharton school, uh, of business. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think it's, it's great that the two canaries in the coal mine are actually saying a lot more about uh, GMU economics and uh, Wharton Business School like MBAs uh, than it is about the capabilities and intelligence of these large language models, right? Uh, me personally, I'm I'm just you can't see me, listener, but I'm laying down because I'm I'm relaxed, <laughs> I'm excited, I'm I'm feeling comfortable about the future of AI right now after this after this episode. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the the the, the key here is not to what degree is uh, our, our chat GPT or whatever going to replace, you know, replace artists, replace journalists, re- replace McKinsey consultants. <laughs> I think it's more of a, a to uh, to what what degree is the quality of these things going to go down in a way that is manageable and then uh you know uh, other human labor is going to be used to prop that shit up you know in other words does it matter you know now after after you know after you know arguably a very long time of journalism changing and turning more into you know increasingly getting more and more kind of blog like and more about speed uh and and you know uh, quantity of content at the sake of quality, right? Like this isn't something new. Uh, to what degree is AI going to allow that that speed to increase even further and cheaper, and you know the quality degrades even more, but does so in a way that uh, is 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 like fine, like manageable, right? Like CNET or Vox or whoever like doesn't like. They don't care. They can deal with it, right? And we all have to deal with it. Or, or to what degree do people realize that, like, you know, George Mason University economics or, like, you know, MBA schools that pump out, uh, you know, Donald Trump and McKinsey consultants and stuff like that, like, like their whole job was never to actually, in, like, train people to have any kind of knowledge or information. It was always about the production of social capital uh and human capital and all of that like not the not not learning shit but uh but meeting people and making networks right like that's that's what all of these things are about in the first place right or like the reproduction of an ideological apparatus for capital um which does not mean having to know anything it just means having uh being good foot soldiers of capital uh good you know uh, uh uh inquisitors of the ideology like okay so we just proved with uh with ai that ai can can pass those exams and do that shit but like that's not going to make those those things obsolete because their their purpose in the system is not Again, the uh, the 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 generate like the generation of knowledge. Their purpose in the system is the pro- the reproduction of certain like social networks, right? And like you can't do that with an AI. Like I don't know. All of this to say is that I think AI is not 
AI is just heightening like dynamics and processes and relations that already existed in the system. But because we like, you know, a- AI seemingly takes the human out of the system, out of the, out of the system, although we know that's not the case, but like they allow you to look at, you know, a, uh, a system like journalism or a system like, you know, uh, business schools or whatever and be like, well, damn, if like, uh, if an AI can do this, then what's actually going on here in the first place? Yeah. You know, I think I'm also, you know, it's also another thing where it's like, you know, I get also when people talk about using AI as supplement and productivity and workflows, on some level, but I also do think, and this is like feeds into the stuff we've been talking about constantly, right? Like, like you, and like you just said right now, let's, you know, to what end, you know, are we like, if we are going to deploy something and we say it's to increase productivity, then what is the end of the increased productivity? Are we doing this so that people can earn more or doing this so that people can produce more and we can have more markets or we can expand the amount of content or options or products or services are available on a market. Are we doing this so we can, secretly so that we can train the auto, the AI system so that it can eventually or so that people hope that someday it can displace labor like or so that or so that it can be plugged back in into some product that's going business to business right like so many times there's a good deal of lying there's a good deal of lack of like thinking about through but like whether or not we're actually interested in the, what the outcome the predictable outcome or even the implicit outcomes of these things might be and just thinking like by virtue of it being a new technological development that whatever it's applied to will be a, a better thing right as if it's some sort of alchemical transmutation instead of it's just like anything else in this world where if you put things together uh, not, the output is not necessarily going to be better. It might be more complex, right? Um, it might require a greater degree of skill or technique to manage. It's not necessarily going to be a better thing. And in fact, what we often see is like we already have pretty flawed, deeply flawed ways of doing most things. Adding a digital system and a digital system which is almost always developed in ways that are antithetical to what me and you and the rest of us need. And instead, what financiers, financiers and capitalists want um, is only going to exaggerate the worst elements of these things, whether it's labor processes, whether it's, you know, social outcomes and risk, whether it's externalities, whether it's political processes and, and, and political identity formation, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole bevy, a whole list of things, which already the processes, the interactions, the relations, the institutions that we rely on produce bad outcomes. Why would it be any better? Because we applied something, an advanced technical application, but applied something nonetheless still privately developed by people whose class interests are so widely divergent from the people who are going to be subjected to and using this thing. Exactly. I mean, I think this is going to be a theme for a lot of our episodes to come as this, as the AI, AI spring turns into AI summer and, and, uh, you know, all this shit just continues to bloom. Is that like, you know, well, I think a lot of what we're seeing here is not AI disrupting paradigms or producing like new social relations. I think what we see is like a lot of heightening of already existing relations and dynamics and contradictions in the system, right? And like, 
uh, AI, AI, if anything, is a is a is a contradiction heightening device, right? Like that's a, I think that's a lot of how this is going to be uh, be be seen and be used, uh, and a lot of its consequences is going to be such as such that like we just see already existing things intensifying, uh, potentially accelerating, and definitely heightening. Well, I think that I think I think I'll call it I'll call it on this uh this 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 episode this part one of our uh, uh our our in, into the mouth of madness uh <laughs> with with our tour guide of uh Ed uh take taking us on a journey um you know uh, I'm 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 happy to I'm I'm so happy to know about Odin intelligence. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm happy to think about how uh, different groups uh, and technologies are uh, manatizing the eschaton, um, you know, and I, and I love thinking about the heightening contradictions of technological capitalism. So um, thank you for all these gifts in your, in your, your, your bag of surprises, Ed. And more to Anytime. come, <laughs> more, more to come in the premium feed as we turn our attention to um, whatever uh, uh, bullshit, but very important because it's very highly capitalized and uh, very influential bullshit um, that A16Z is spewing. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the premium fee, which you can find at patreon.com slash this machine kills um, for that episode, additional episodes every single week. Plus now a very large backlog of, of episodes deep dives, riffs, continued interviews with guests, and so on and so forth. So find us over there. Uh, and until next time, later. Adios. Adios.